Welcome back into the Inside the Pylon Mock War Room Draft. Chuck Zada here as your host of this project. And just recapping the last three picks before we dig into this one. Uh, Baltimore Ravens taking Vernon Hargraves out of Florida with the sixth overall pick. Jared Goff, the quarterback from Cal, going to San Francisco with pick number seven. And Carson Wentz from North Dakota State, the quarterback going to the Philadelphia Eagles with the eighth pick. Which brings us to pick number nine and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Heading up the Bucks for us here, we've got Luke Easterling on board, one of my favorite people and one of the best Bucks experts around playing the role of GM for us. And Luke, big thank you for uh, joining us today. I know it's a busy, busy time of year. It is, it is, but there's nothing we'd rather be doing this time of year, is there? Uh, it's a labor of love for sure. And uh, again, happy to uh, to be a part of this project. I know it's quite an undertaking for you guys, but uh, happy to represent uh, my hometown team here and uh, see what we can uh, see. What we can get them in the first round here. Yeah, we're glad we could get you in here. And uh, before we get started on the pick, just uh, give our uh, listeners a quick introduction to your staff. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, I'll be taking over as general manager of the Bucks here and joining me as a uh, head coach of the team. Uh, in place of Dirt Cutter, will be uh, my partner in crime over at BucksBlitz.com. Uh, the publisher there, Justin Pulaski, he'll be our head coach for this exercise. Hello, Justin. Luke, it is always a pleasure to be uh, picking a Buccaneer selection with you. And I think we'll be able to to get together and come up with a uh, player that is bu- mutually beneficial for both of us. Yeah, I think it's not going to be hard to do that this time. Uh, heading up the offensive side of the ball uh, is a good friend of mine, longtime friend and a diehard uh, Bucks fan, uh, very knowledgeable about the team, and I respect his opinion quite a bit. Nick Plott will be playing Todd Munkin, our offensive coordinator. What's up, Nick? Hey, Luke. Thanks for having me. Just ready to lend my expertise to all things the Spider 2Y banana. <laughs> love it love it rounding out the squad uh is another good buddy of mine he uh takes care of the draft for the atlanta journal constitution uh knows his way around the bucks as well as anybody as well uh, my buddy trevor sykema welcome to the team you are mike smith for this exercise hey new defensive coordinator i got my hands on a new defense and that's what means championship so i'm here to uh, i'm here to steal that number nine pick from you guys all right, well, we'll let you get uh, pretty much right to it then. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're now on the clock. You've got 15 minutes to make your selection. All right, guys. Well, it comes down to two for me. Uh, obviously, on one side of the ball, you've got Ronnie Stanley. I'm a big fan yes. of his. Uh, we've got uh, bigger need at right tackle than I think a lot of people think we do. Uh, so with him on the board, I'm a big fan. He would have been my top tackle in last year's draft. So to see him at nine, it's going to be really, really hard for me to say otherwise. But it's a defensive end from Columbus that I think is going to take precedence here for me. I don't expect him to be at this pick. Uh, but if he drops down, he's not the, the flashy speed rusher that I think a lot of people think of when they think top 10 defensive end. But uh, I, I know that Trevor's not going to have a problem going with Joey Bosa here. But I'm more than welcome. Uh, I'm more than open to uh, to hearing some dissent, and I'm sure Nick will have plenty of it because he for his side of the ball. 
Well, I, I, let me let me go ahead and start. You know, as head coach, I, I think what we are seeing right now, guys, is best case scenario for our team. We we sat here and every national analyst had Vernon Hargraves pegged to our pick, and we were never really interested in Vernon Hargraves because we can't have another short, small corner going up against these big wide receivers in our division. So I'm glad we talked him up. I'm glad we put the smoke screen out there, and I'm glad he went to the Ravens with the sixth pick. So I want to hear offensively. I know that Todd Munkin uh, and Nick Plott, you're going to want the offensive player, and uh, Trevor, you're going to want the defensive player. So I'd like to hear from both sides, and Luke, maybe you and I can can make that final decision together. Hey, guys, it's Nick. Sorry dropping out a little bit, but uh, I think we're all in agreement that it's a little early for Glenn Gronkowski. So, uh, yes, I am drooling. I'm dying for uh, Stanley. I think he can round out our offensive line. Um, I'd love to put him in direct competition with Donovan Smith. I mean, let's bring them both into camp, say left tackle is there to be one. And, um, you know, we can we have our options open to us. I understand, you know, we haven't had a good defensive end in over a decade, but, um, you know, we've got a future bookend just sitting there for us for the next decade. You know, as Justin Luke has discussed, you know, we'll have our offensive, offensive line set for the next five years if uh, we locked in Stanley tonight. So um, that's where I'm heading, but um, definitely open to hear what uh, we might have on the defensive well, side of the ball. And Luke, I, I think if we're looking at Ronnie Stanley, if we're going to draft Stanley with the ninth pick, I don't even want to have that be a competition. Uh, he's my left tackle, and we're going to move Donovan Smith to right tackle because I, I just can't see drafting a, a right tackle with the ninth overall pick. Yeah, that's understandable. I think I think Smith, originally for me, I I was kind of afraid that he might not even stick at left tackle and we'd have to end up sliding him to guard anyway. So when the possibility of getting Stanley in this draft kind of was still out there with him going back to school, that was kind of my original thought that we'd eventually have to slide Donovan inside and and bring in a new left tackle. So uh, the fact that Donovan played so well last year at tackle makes me more comfortable in the fact that we wouldn't even have to slide him inside. We could just move him over to the right side at right tackle where, again, DeMar Dotson, Goster Cherilis, I, I really, you know. Trevor, uh, I, we all know. Okay, we've all... Trevor, uh, and let him tell us why we should stay on his side of the ball. Yeah, guys, I I, I think we're, uh, we're doing the right thing by addressing the trenches on either side and kind of weighing those opinions, but uh, obviously, even defensive bias aside, I think that Bosa is, is kind of the clear pick here, not only because uh, we didn't really think that he would fall this far, but um, also we get to kind of let him play his natural position. So when you're talking about the tackles, you know, moving them left and right, um, we know it's, it, it's not as easy as just a change of a position in Madden. So there's always that, you know, that kind of what if with different techniques and slides here and there. So when you get a chance to take a player like Bosa, and stick him right at his natural position, what he's always been playing, and make him a key part of the defense, uh, I kind of think it's a no-brainer. The only, the only defensive guy I would have taken uh, or thought about taking over Bosa would have been Jalen Ramsey. He obviously went a lot higher. And uh, a lot of people are going to, or I've seen, criticize the lack of production or numbers of production with Bosa at times. But, um, you know, I've, I've watched all the tape of Bosa, and, you just look at it, and sometimes he's getting triple teamed by these offensive linemen. And, you know, he's still able to swim by some here and there and get QB pressures. I just think 
he is a rare talent. Um, I think that the value for where he is and where we're picking him uh, kind of makes it an easy decision for us. I agree. Justin, the, the Hargraves, I don't, I don't think was on my board even until, you know, number five of defensive players that we were going to pick. So uh, I think we're very lucky. I think it's a gift that we have Bosa here this far. Uh, and really, you know, there's nobody else in my mind we should have been picking. I would have almost been happy, you know, I would have been happy with Shaq Lawson if he was still here, but, you know, I, I don't think we can go anywhere else, to be honest. Luke, uh, I know uh, with these two great players on the board, uh, have you gotten any calls on trades? Uh, you know, because I, I would imagine we could get a uh, quite the haul if uh, there is a team out there that, you know, either wants uh, their starting left tackle or their starting uh, pass rusher coming off the edge. We should at least evaluate that opportunity. Absolutely. I've been by the phone. We've got a few nickels here and there. I think unless somebody's trading up for a quarterback, they don't seem to be terribly interested in giving away the farm. So well, with those two guys on the board and with us having a chance to take a guy uh, on either at either position uh, in that situation, I, I don't feel like moving down for anything less than, than what we feel comfortable uh, would be a good idea. I like the fact that we could trade down, but I think with these two guys sitting in our laps falling to us, I think they're both top five talents in this draft. Um I, I don't think that's probably the best way to go for us. One thing that comes to mind here, kind of stepping back and looking at it from a big picture, I think that I, one thing that makes me lean more towards Bosa also is the fact that I like the way the board could look at 38 with, with regards to potential right tackle prospects, whether it's uh, Jason Spriggs, even uh, Ifedi from uh, Texas A&M, maybe it's Conklin from Michigan State. I like what we could get there at, at right tackle as opposed to finding a, a guy at defensive end in particular. I think there'd be some defensive tackles there I'd like, but a defensive end in particular, finding such a good fit uh, and such a talented player at that level. I, I like the combination of Bosa and whatever we could probably get at tackle at 38 as opposed to the other way around. What do you think, Justin? Well, and I think with the names you just mentioned, we got to continue to take calls on Mike Glennon. Um, and if we can get another second round pick or an early third round pick, you know, we talked about uh, Hawkins out of LSU as another possibility at offensive tackle. So we're naming a lot of guys that can fill in at right tackle. Um, and I'm comfortable as head coach with Donovan Smith at left tackle. I thought he was much better than any of us anticipated him being in his rookie season at left tackle, protecting the blind side of our franchise quarterback. And I think he's going to continue getting better and better. So with that kind of confidence in your left tackle, that means we don't have to draft another left tackle here with the ninth pick. We can wait a little bit, get the right tackle and go ahead and get a, a defensive um, end that we haven't had with the Bucks in a long time. And guys, we all watched uh, what Denver did with their defensive ends. And we need to get that here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Six minutes remaining. So uh, yeah, I could. I, I go ahead. Go I couldn't ahead. agree. I could. I couldn't agree more um, with with Justin there. I I just think that what the way that we're watching the NFL evolve um, into, you know, it's not just getting one premier pass rusher or one interior guy. It it really is loading your team with as many good to great pass rushers as you can possibly get. And when you talk about having a rotation, um, that obviously you're going to need here and there with guys to be tired or. Or, or long drives, what have you. I, I just think that taking a guy uh, to be the top and then working your way down there, continuing to bolster up 
pressure off the edge to really help McCoy be the force that he can be in the middle. Um, I think it's it's the way you got to go. It's the way the game is going. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. So I think that that's what Tampa needs to be a part of. And he talked about it, something they haven't been in a long time. Well, and Trevor, and, oh, go. I, I was Sorry just going to make I was just going to make the point that you know Trevor as new defensive coordinator, we're not going to run the same Tampa two defense that we've had around here. Uh, for a long time we're running a hybrid type of defense now it's going to be a little 4-3 a little 3-4 we need versatile type players and I think Joey Bosa can be that type of player and Luke I know you and I have been breaking this down for a while now um, talking about GM and head coach of course and there's going to be a lot of players a lot of defensive linemen we can still get in the second round I wouldn't mind doubling up and really bolster uh, bolstering our defensive line with versatile players that can fit our new hybrid type defense well, I'm sure yeah, that's the kind of thing that uh, Nick sure doesn't want to hear, doubling up on the offense. But I, I don't know if you've noticed, Nick, but we've we've stocked your side of the ball pretty well over the last two years. We've only spent one pick on uh, Trevor's side of the ball. So specifically for you, how comfortable do you feel with Donovan Smith and the rest of that offensive line waiting until the second round to address maybe the offensive line or even, even an extra receiver? No, I feel good about it. You know, with – the way we've shaped up um, this offensive line over the last couple of drafts, you know, I feel pretty confident going into 2016. I mean, we've got options. I'd like to see us maybe address a uh, wide receiver in the third round. And we've got Leonte Curry out of Rutgers uh, as a possibility in the third round. Maybe even a uh, Sterling Shepard could fall um, into the third round. Um, I know we got a pretty high grade on him, but um, that's a guy I'd love to see in the slot for us. Um, kind of take. We off. can also we can also explore yeah. trade up trade up opportunities exactly. from the third yeah. round back into the late second round to get one of those guys too. Absolutely, or how the, if we are able to move Glennon, uh, we free up another second or third round pick. Um, yeah, maybe we can even uh, couple that up and work our way back up into the first round. But um, I like how it's shaping up. Uh, Bose is a definite. Uh, you can't pass up on a top five guy with the ninth pick. But um, there are definitely some options for us there in the second, third rounds. I even like Cody Whitehair. I mean, he's an can-do-it-all uh, type of offensive lineman. I mean, we've got probably our weakest point on the offensive line right now, center. You know, he can move inside, play some center for us, and just kind of be, be a full-time backup if needed. But um, there are definitely some options there in the second and third as far as offense is considered. All right, Chuck, well, it looks like we've got everybody on board here, even our uh, OC endorsing the pick here. So uh, with that said, I think I speak for the whole rest of the staff when I say that uh, with the ninth overall pick in the 2016 NFL draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to select Joey Bosa, the defensive end at Ohio State. Very good. Joey Bosa, finally the fall has stopped for him, falling to ninth for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, to, uh, to you, Luke, and uh, the rest of your team, a big thanks for joining us today. Obviously, uh, I know there's a ton going on right now, and so a big thank you to uh, all of you for taking a little time for us today. Absolutely, man. Again, I appreciate you guys putting this project together. I I know that draft fans all over the place are going to really enjoy hearing all the different perspectives and and getting insight into how some of those conversations might take place behind closed doors and just the different uh, opinions and, uh, you know, driving forces behind, you know, what each side of the ball wants and and trying to piece together the board based on the big picture aspect of it. So it's been a fun thing to do again. Thank you uh, to Justin and Nick and Trevor for joining me and kind of hammering this out. Outstanding. Well, again, big thanks to all of you. We're going to go now quickly to Mark Schofield and Shane Alexander for a little bit of info on Bosa.
Joey Bosa's slide finally stops in the ITP mock war room draft at number nine to Tampa Bay. Bosa is a guy who I know you were incredibly high on heading into this draft. Yeah, it's a, it's a blessing you get the best football player in the draft at the ninth overall selection. Um, I've been doing this three years now, and in three years of doing it, he is the highest hate grade that I've ever given out. Um, I watched him as a freshman, and I just thought, this kid's the next big thing. He had really good sack numbers his freshman year, sophomore year. His sack numbers were down this year, but just overall next-level production, he was as high as anybody in the nation. Um, day one, you get the best, most technical edge player that I've seen in three years, and it really takes Tampa Bay's, not just their defense, not just defensive line, but this takes the credibility um, and the potential of their organization to the next level. This guy is uh, is a cornerstone player, in my opinion. He's a stud, and he puts uh, Tampa in the uh, in the wild card consideration. I think by beefing up their team. What do you see from Bosa in the run game? Is he capable in terms of setting the edge and doing what you want from an edge defender uh, in that phase of the game as well? Absolutely, and he's willing to do it. He's strong enough to do it. He's technical enough to do it. He's nuanced enough to do it. Um, Bosa's may never be the Justin Houston or Von Miller sack guy. Uh, you may never get 15 to 20 sacks out of him. He may not ever be the, the J.J. Watt style of sack master, and that's okay. Um, you know, 10, 12, 14 a year, a guy that can set the edge in the run game. And he's also strong enough and technical enough to slide inside, sub-package, you know, 4 two, 5 um, and, and rush inside is, is the nickel defensive tackle. So absolutely can set the edge in the run game, can get after the quarterback, uh, and is skilled enough and smart enough to slide inside and beat some guards and centers uh, as a nickel defensive tackle. Are there any holes in his game at this point that he needs to work on? He's not an, you know, an elite edge bender. Uh, a lot of uh, guys prefer an elite edge bender. And what that means is someone um, that can really move and, and sack at an elite level and really has hip flexibility uh, at an elite level. He's not that kind of guy. Um, I thought he may be his freshman year. He never really be- became that guy. So you're not going to see that year one uh, production where he's going to have a ton of sacks. I don't think he's not going to be a Justin Houston-style guy, a Von Miller-style guy. So if you're expecting him to be a sack master, that may not ever be his game. Um, but he's going to make up with that with power, uh, with proficiency, and, and technical savvy. Mark, this is Shane's favorite player uh, in this draft, his highest-rated player in the last three years. How does this player fit within the system that Tampa Bay is running? It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And the reason for that is, you know, their new defensive coordinator, Mike Smith, he's going to run sort of what he calls like in terms of a flexible 4-3 system where he really doesn't see a lot of difference between a 4-3 and a 3-4 because he basically looks at it, look, you know, you go into an over front, you can move from one to the other pretty easily based on shifting. Well, when you look at Joey Bosa, he's a guy that we've all talked about you know, a 4-3 defensive end that can also be a 3-4 outside linebacker. So you get a guy that fits the mold of what Mike Smith is trying to do with that defense. You can slot him right in. He can play in both roles for this defense. And you get a guy that everybody's talking about as a top five talent, Shane's best prospect of the last three years. You get him at nine. I think Shane's right on. This is now a team that's going to challenge for the playoffs and, based and, off this one pick. And, and with that type of flexibility, uh, talking about that 4-3 front, is this a case even you could even kick him inside in a NASCAR yeah. front or something like that yeah. and get that, that quickness going against a guard who might not be used to yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, you got Robert Ayers at one defensive end and William Golston at the other defensive end. Now you slide Bosa in sort of inside in a 4-2-5 kind of speed front look. You can do some fun things with that. You can put pressure on the quarterback doing that. And, you know, if you think about the, you know, the teams that they're going to have to play two times a year, you know, Cam Newton being one. 
I mean, while now you get a defensive front that can get after Cam Newton a bit, I think. You certainly do. Shane Alexander, Mark Schofield, a big thank you for your time. Joey Bosa, as you heard, finally the fall is over. Tampa Bay taking him with the ninth pick in the ITP Mock War Room draft. Tomorrow, we wrap up the top ten. The New York Giants now on the clock. What's going to happen? Got to tune in to find out on the ITP Mock War Room draft.